in our final hour of the show. No games tonight. Kings are back in action tomorrow to take on the Phoenix Suns. Of course, you can hear all your games right here on Sports 1140. Uh, World Series about to begin. Uh, for what it's worth, Astros in five. Would like it to go longer. Uh, without a preference, I want seven games would be my my utmost preference. I like that. I like the pressure of a final game. Um, see if there can be a defining moment, but... Looking at the two teams, I think there's just more advantages for Houston. I'm going Astros in five. I'll say Braves in six then. I like it. I like it. For a hot chip? No. No. <laughs> no, no, no. You said it. Nope. 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 Um, yep. So game one about to begin. We will have updates on that. Uh, in a moment, we're going to check in with the head coach of the Kings, Luke Walton. Uh, get his weekly appearance. See how he's feeling about his squad right now as they get ready to take on the Phoenix Suns tomorrow. So let's bring him in. Here is your head coach of the Kings, Coach Luke Walton. Coach, how are you? Good. Just got into Arizona. How you doing? I'm doing great. I know last year when Doug was on, he'd sing. I'm, I'm not going to sing, you know, to bring you on if that's okay. I gave Doug a job, so I didn't have to listen <laughs> to him sing anymore. That's right. How is he doing? I mean, we miss him. I do get a chance to talk to him. I know that's exactly what he wants to do. He loves the gym. He loves the process. But he's still new at it. How, how's, how's he been doing? Yeah, he's been good. He's a, you know, listen, he's a team player. He he asks questions. He's a hard worker. He he knows the game from from being a player. Um, he loves his 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 king. So uh, he's been a really nice addition to the staff. Is that uh, not only Doug, but Coach Lombardi is new. Um, for the most part, you have a lot of the same group. How much of adjustment for you and the rest of the staff is it when you know a couple new faces and voices are involved? Yeah, it, it, you know, it's adjustment just getting to know each other. Um, you know, we 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 all knew Doug for the most part, uh, but getting to know him on a deeper level for sure uh, just, you know, takes time and same with Longo. Um, but, you know, a, a lot of what we're doing hasn't changed. It's just, you know, getting used to hearing the different voices and building those relationships uh, for them as they come in. Uh, you know, we've done a really nice job as a, as a staff already, as, as, you know, as far as building those strong uh, relationships from players, the coaches, and front offices. So all the foundation is there. Um, but you know, it's no different in uh, in the locker room than it is that you know in business or you know when you're out with people. You know, you you earn trust, and, and the way you do that is by uh, being there for each other, showing the players how hard you're willing to work. And Doug and Longo have both done a nice job of of coming in and being really hard workers uh, and fitting right in. You know, there's like, a, I don't even know if we want to use the term hazing anymore, but a lot of times the rookies have to come in and sing. Has, has Doug had to sing for you guys? No, we haven't made We haven't made that. <laughs> I told you again, I, I, it's part of why I gave him the job, so <laughs> yes. we didn't have to hear it. But uh, the, the rookie the rookie players, have, you know, whenever it's a birthday, they get, they got to get up in front, of, uh, in front of the group and sing. Nice. We're talking with head coach of the Kings, Luke Walton. Coach, I know – uh, it feels like in every game there's been good stretches of offense. There's been good stretches of defense. You're trying to be that two-way team. Well, if you become that, then you're becoming a really good team. How close are you to kind of putting it all together for 48 minutes? Yeah, we, we're, looking, we're, 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 much, we're much further along than we were last year. And I know that at the end of the day, everyone counts wins and losses. And that's, you know, that that's what everyone's looking at. And uh, we could easily be better than one and two right now. Um, the truth is we've played three really good Western Conference teams, and um, in every game we've had a, you know, 
the fourth quarter lead, and we've played, to your point, some really good basketball. We just haven't done it uh, long enough or in those that final stretch of the game. And, uh, you know, that, that, you know that, that takes time. That takes some rhythm. Um, and and we, we've gone cold in some of them, and we, our defense has let up in some of them. So we're addressing it. Our players know it. But like I said, it's, you know, it, it's all about building the, the habits and the behaviors that, that lead to winning and how our guys are working, uh, we're going to get there. And we just have to understand now that we're consistently playing with the physicality uh, and the overall effort that allows us to be in these games against other really good teams, uh, the next step for us is the mental part of the game. And that's executing down the stretch. That's continuing to push the pace when we're tired. Um, that's not, not, you know, not getting affected, uh, not letting our confidence get affected when uh, Steph hits a, a 35 foot three or the other team goes on a run late. And those are the things we're addressing now. Yeah. And one of the pieces I think has shown in the past couple of years and how much he's developed a guy that can kind of be your own team's um, player like that or a stopper of the other team is De'Aaron. And it's not like he's playing poorly. But it's not also – we haven't seen him play to the level that we've seen before. Are you seeing anything that's, I don't know, slightly off with his game right now? No. Other than it, look, when, when we went on those big winning streaks last year, the, the, you know, the fourth quarter Fox was – I mean, it's real. And, and he – you know, that's, that's part of why there's a lot of responsibility that comes with, you know, being that guy on whatever team you, you're playing for. Um and I, I, De'Aaron's defense has been much better this season. Uh, he's doing a good job trying to get to the rim. Last game, he didn't get any foul calls, which, uh, you know, fouls are down around the league. But, he, you know, he's trying to get himself going. And he's playing hard. He's competing. And right now, the shot's just not going for him. So, uh, it has, you know, he, he's in the gym again today getting in extra shots. So, it's only a matter of time before that rhythm kicks for his shot. Uh, but, you know, what he's doing a nice job of is he's still helping our team be in position to win, even though uh, the shot's not going. And for him, when that it does start, then that opens up everything else as well. So, um, you know, he's he's done a nice job. He's just he's not making shots right now, but he's, he's getting good looks and, and we're confident that he'll knock those down. We're talking with the head coach of the Kings, Luke Walton, on his weekly appearance here on Sports 1140. A coach, I remember before the season, one of the things you said that's going to be imperative because you knew you wanted to play three guards, maybe even four at times. Uh, you had to rebound and you had to defend when small. It seems like you've done that enough. How have you evaluated when you've played three guards, whatever the three out there? Yeah, it, we've been good. We need to be better. We we absolutely need to be better, but they, they've been good. Tyrese has done a much better job of coming in off the wings and helping keep balls alive. Harrison's done a great job of, uh, I know he's not one of the guards, but of, of picking up his rebounding and the rebounding for our team. Um, you know, Davion slowly understanding uh, when he's off ball, you know, that he, you know, we need him being physical and cracking back on people. So we're making progress there. Um, I, I like the way we're competing defensively. Uh, we've played a couple really high powered offenses and, and really the, you know, the last two games, the Utah and Golden State game, uh, our offensive turnovers were huge uh, impact on the amount of points we gave up in the game. So uh, overall, when I look at our defense, I like what I'm seeing. Overall, when I look at our rebounding, I like what I see. Uh, but with the 
understanding and the players understanding that it's nowhere near the level it, it, it needs to be at or that it will be at at the end of the season. Yeah, you brought up the turnovers. Uh, you're right. The last two games, you know, Utah's a team that, you know what, they won't let you, if you've got a run out, they're just going to grab you and foul you. And if not, it felt like yeah. they, they lingered enough, not even getting in transition. So when those passes were going cross court, they were just picking them off. I, I, I just, it was a weird amount of turnovers and the weird turnovers you had over the last two games. It feel fixable, but what did you see with those? Yeah, it, it, you know, it's, it's, challenging because we're yelling at them to push 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 like that's that's our identity that's how we want to get out and run with our different guards and our lineups and and, and attack the paint and, and you're right Utah did a great they do they do a good job of what should be something that we addressed in the NBA those mm-hmm. take fouls that just slow down the game and take away highlights from what what will be a beautiful play for everyone I mean it's the best athletes in the world running down there so uh, but Utah does a good job. That's what the rule is, and they take away your fast break points. Where we killed ourselves were uh, those those throwaheads um, yep. that we were throwing right to them. I mean, it's not only turning into points. I think Royce O'Neal hit two threes off of those. Like we're not only taking points away from ourselves because that's when we score at our best, uh, but we're also just giving them. You know. It, you know, I think it was 21 points last night. I can't recall the exact number in that Utah game, um, but it, it, it's hurting. So we have to understand. That's where I get talk about the next step is is from a mental aspect. Like, yes, we want to attack. Yes, we want to push, throw the ball ahead. But we have to be smart while we're doing it. And, and it's you know, it, playing that fast will lead to some sloppiness. But we have to continue to clean that up. I wondered about something we talked about in the post game the other night. Fourth quarter offense, the numbers have gone down. Maybe it's a combo of things. I think you guys are playing so hard right now, and, and legs maybe taking a lot of jumpers or these turnovers. What what's kind of leading to these numbers going south in these fourth quarters for you guys offensively? Yeah, it's a little bit of of, of all of it. It's you know, to me, I, I, I you know, when I go back and rewatch the games, the the good looks we are getting, we're just not making them right now in the fourth. So that'll take some of the energy out of you when you're getting open looks and missing. Um, some of it is is fatigue from, look, we're getting into people. We're trying to be aggressive on both ends of the court, play fast. And then the mental aspect that comes with it. Like, we understand it's hard to play that way. We understand you're going to get fatigued. You can't give in to that fatigue. And it feels like right now a little bit uh, – you know, we're we're giving into that fatigue and we're not pushing the ball as much. We're not as crisp with our screen setting and our and our uh our cutting and our execution of our play calls that have been working for us up to that point. Um and we, we have to push through that. You mentioned it earlier as we're talking with head coach of the Kings Luke Walton about um things that still need to improve defensively. One of them you mentioned with Davion was his off-ball defense. I, I think we've all already become so enamored with him on the ball and, and how he can just impact the game. But he's been critical of himself on that off-ball defense. What's he missing there? Because the other part is so spectacular. Yeah, it's just it, it's just a, a different um, read for him, right? Like there's, there's times he's going to be on – uh, what he's elite at is being on the ball, uh, but that's just not the case in the NBA, right? You look at, you know, we play Phoenix tomorrow. They got most teams have two all-star caliber players on them in the West, and you know whether he's on Chris Paul or he's on Booker, some half the time is going to be 
off he'll be off the ball because it's just you take turns out there um and for him that he has to understand that his his radar has to be high just as high when he's off the ball he's got to start understanding um not just him but all young players they have to understand what play calls are what what sets are being called and what that means um you know i thought playing against Steph was a great, great experience for him as far as every time he relaxed off ball on Steph, Steph's flying off somewhere else. And, and me and him talked about that uh, after the game. And he, you know, he, so he's starting to understand all those concepts and what that's like. Um, and, and, you know, like, I was, uh, you know, the thing about Davion is he's such a hard worker and, a, and he studies the film uh, that he'll, he'll, he'll pick it up and he'll become a, um, you know, he'll disrupt stuff for us off ball as well as on ball going, you know, as he, as he continues to grow as a young player. Coach, I love, I love strategy of games. You, you were put in a spot. Let's see. It was the jazz game. Uh, Rashawn Holmes was in foul trouble a lot of the night mm-hmm. and the game's not getting out of hand, but it's, it's still winnable. He gets his sixth. Uh, I don't know if you've ever used the lineup where Barnes is your five and then four perimeter guys and trying to crack the code of how you can use that against Gobert. It seemed like it turned into jump shots, but um, what would you want to get offensively when you decided to go ultra small there and, and see, cause you still got some stops, but you just couldn't get some, some buckets. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's tricky. That's what they're, they're one of the best defensive teams in the league every year um, because of, of go bear down there. And um, you know, when we're Sean fouled out, it was either go back to another big, but we, we were really struggling to score and uh, and they had started to build up a little lead. So uh, the idea was, look, anytime you go and you watch, you know, the past four or five years when, when Utah has lost in the playoffs, it's teams that can spread them out with smaller players and attack and get, get three-point shots because it takes Gobert away from the, the paint. And uh, to your point, we got the stops we needed. We just didn't convert on the offensive end. Um, but we got some clean looks ideally as we continue to clean that up and we, we don't get to that lineup often, um, but we'll get some more penetration. I felt like we got to too much one-on-one basketball and we have that much space out there on the floor with Harrison as our five man, it's gotta be some drive and kick actions. Uh, but we did get some clean open looks. We just didn't knock them down. How about Phoenix tomorrow? You brought up their guards. Obviously, that's a great team from a year ago. A little bit of a slow start for them, but they got a five-game homestand starting tomorrow. They lost in their home opener, so I think you're you're going into a tough situation. You already knew that, but what do you what do you think about the Suns and your challenges tomorrow? Yeah, they're you know they're in playing for a championship last a few months ago. So, uh, like a lot of teams, the the the, the, the parity in the NBA right now is, is like I've never seen before since coming into the league. And, you know, there's every night you're watching games and it's really good teams battling against each other. And, and you know, they lost their, their um, home opener. They've been off for, I think, three or four days now. And they're going to be, you know, they're going to be sharp and hungry. And, and we, we know that. And, it, you know, we have to come in and do what we do anyway. So it's going to be a really um, hard-fought game against a, a team that has a ton of experience that, um you know has some really good players and we got to go in there and and do our best to impose our will on the game i saw your dad was at the game on friday night and then ultimately he made his way down to uh, ucla for college game day did you get a chance to to see him on there because 
he he put on quite a show as he normally does. I I did not hear. I I, I got to spend some time with him, which in, in fact before the game was yeah. nice. Um, and he was you know, he loved he he was in in heaven up in Sac uh, cheering cheering us on. Little bum like we all were that we didn't finish that out because we that was a really we played a really solid game of basketball that night, but. Um, I didn't see him Saturday. People sent me some pictures, but I didn't hear anything he had said. But uh, he's he's normally uh, anything to do with UCLA. He's on fire and pumped up about. Oh yeah, just imagine growling sounds and noise. Yeah, he he <laughs> he, he was putting on a show. He 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 had some fun. You can imagine, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Coach, uh, thank you so much. Uh, we appreciate you checking in this week. We'll talk to you next week. Best of luck on this road trip. And uh, like I said, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, sounds good. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. That's head coach of the Kings, Luke Walton, joining us here, giving us his perspective on the team. And uh, funny that he said, yeah, I'd hire Doug so he wouldn't sing to me anymore. Um, Chris, did you see Bill Walton by chance on? I did not. You did tell me about it, though. He was the celebrity picker, and, uh, yeah, he was center stage, just, you know. He's must-see TV. He is. He is. And um, he's a lot, but he's a lot of fun. He's a lot of fun. There's people that just have a good attitude, people. Like, there's people that hate him because, like, oh, what does this have to do with sports? It's like. It's a different kind of broadcast with him, he's right? He's a storyteller. Like, Very you'll, hear much him, so. you'll hear him tell stories like, this is your life? Yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I, to his credit, his recall is amazing. Like, it's one of those things, if you did get a chance to interview him, you know, he's like, okay, tell me your name. And then he. He'd have it, Chris. Okay, and then he might ask you one more time, and then it's he's got it for the next fifty years. Like, yeah, it's and he'll start include. Oh, when I talk to Chris, like now it's in all of his other stories. And when you when you are working with him and talking with him, yeah, you are his best friend. Yes, yes, for sure. And I know we have and- fun. We have that one clip, but that's the way he. He is. That's the way it was in the game I did with him. But I've been around him in other times. He was, you know, in our broadcast crew for years, and just. Yeah, he is he is something else. Good great, person. Great personality, a lot of fun. Um and then sometimes there are people that turn that on for the camera. He's he's kind of that way all the time. Like he's a lot. Yeah. He's a lot on um in front of people. I would say he'll bring it down a little, but it he yeah. doesn't change. No. I mean I remember we had a couple different functions with the team or the broadcast crew. We were at a restaurant in town. Like you'd also know he's there. Another I mean, how do you not recognize him? And the one time um, the couple times that he did games with him or he did games on the radio and he was with us and with G-Man uh, that stood out to me, he's always had back issues, but at that time he would stack chairs. And so it just was more comfortable for his back and maybe just the posture. I mean, he's seven feet tall or whatever he is. And so, Chris, we're at Arco at this time. And, you know, it's already, you know, I got a big old tank head and, you know, you're trying to see around us and here's Bill sitting on, three chairs and i'm looking up at him like oh these poor people right behind us they can't see the game they got the best seats in the house three chairs is about five or six yes exactly um but anyway it was good to catch up with the coach get his perspective on this and and really where they are i I don't i think he's right i don't think they're they're far from getting there but it doesn't mean oh they've got this figured out because certainly they don't you got to wonder why are they in the last five minutes against utah and golden state just fizzling to the finish line and even portland you're right. To be honest, you just had a larger lead. I mean, so it's really three straight games. Now, it was nice to have a large lead against Portland, but they had to hang on to win. 
Um, they didn't have the lead. The tie game actually was four minutes to go tied with the Jazz. And it might have been a one or two possession game with about four minutes to go with the Warriors. And then it just, uh, it's this one's getting away. So the why, why is it? He talked about turnovers, uh, maybe shot selection at times. And it's weird because it's not the turnovers. The last two games have been the entirety of the game. I think shot selection has been uh, worse decision-making at the end of games than, than throughout the game. So, and the other part that can cover all of that is just kind of where we started is De'Aaron. If there's fourth quarter Fox that he's more than capable of, and it's not like we're asking for something that we haven't seen before. Um, De'Aaron's averaging 18. There's nothing wrong with that. But De'Aaron sometimes is getting you 25 and 10 of it in the fourth in winning time and even scoring more than that. And he was one of the great scorers in the league in the fourth quarter. So he'll get it. He hasn't. It's a little bit of a slow start, but it's um, on the list of things to worry about. It's pretty low on the list for me uh, with the way De'Aaron's playing right now. So tough situation, though, for the Kings uh, with the Phoenix Suns tomorrow. Again, like we said earlier with Tim Kempton, the fact that the Suns lost their home opener, they've had extra days to prepare. Uh, they also lost their last game badly. So they're they're trying to use this homestand as a launching point. I'm sure they look at it as, yeah, we're going to beat the Kings. Well, if the Kings want to show that signs of improvement, show the signs of growth, it's the kind of team you want to go in there and, and, and see what you can do and, and see if you can beat them. I like where they are. I like how they've identified who to play, when to play. I haven't really had too much of an issue uh, watching the games with rotations. I think the only game it was a, a slight tweak was the second one based on a couple of things. Harkless's injury. So you move Terrence Davis into the starting lineup. Um, Rashawn Holmes foul trouble. So because that was a bigger team, we saw Alex Lenmore. We also saw Marvin Bagley. And then last game, not not the Warriors aren't a bigger team. Looney starts the first and third quarter. That's about all he plays. So we saw more Tristan Thompson. So I think there's some early leaning to what we're going to see as this season goes along. Coach wants to play three guards. Uh, if they're playing a bigger team, if they're playing a, a Jokic or an Embiid, maybe Alex Len is that next big in. Um, if they're playing, which not a lot of teams are that big in Gobert. Uh, Lakers, a bigger team. But I think we're going to see... Probably more Tristan Thompson than Alex Len as that other big. Hopefully, Rashawn Holmes can stay out of foul trouble because he, you know, plus minus or just the difference of him being on the floor, um, they're just better with him on the floor. And those other guys can play. Len can play Bagley and and Tristan Thompson. It just feels like this team is more complete, more versatile when they've got Rashawn Holmes playing in the majority of the minutes at the center position. And in the first game against Portland, as huge as Barnes was. Holmes was, I would say, he just was a bigger piece. Nine for nine, and then missed his last shot. Made that one crazy three. Yeah, yeah, he is, and I just love that they don't do anything for him. Not that they don't have to. That's just not the way you would run an offense is around or through him. But it's uh, paint touches, drive and create, throw something quickly to him, and then a little floater, a little push shot. Um, he'll get to the line. King's free throw attempts have gone down. We marveled at them in that first quarter or first half in Portland, 21 free throw attempts, and it's just slowly going down uh, for them over the last couple of games. So a couple of things they need to work on, a couple of things they need to improve on, and hopefully they will as soon as as tomorrow. A couple of things uh, before we break on the NBA scoreboard. As we mentioned, uh, right now Philadelphia is taking on the Knicks. That's late first half, low-scoring game. Uh, for Philly, at least. It's 49-38 New York. Uh, the Warriors, 
Uh, they're undefeated. They're taking on the winless Thunder. Thunder lead that game. That's just in the early going, 23-16. to 16. And uh, just about to start, you got the Rockets and the Mavericks. The Lakers and the Spurs. Lakers playing tonight without LeBron. And then the Nuggets and the Jazz. All right, our thanks again to the head coach of the Kings, Luke Walton. We will take another break here on the show. When we come back, the World Series is underway, and we've already got a scoring development. We're going to have to tell you about that when we return. And a bunch more, including the crossover, before we get out of here today, right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Thanks again to head coach of the Kings, Luke Walton, for joining us in our last segment. Also, Tim Kempton, Suns radio analyst, joining us earlier in the show. Anything you miss, you can go back to cagedk.com at the conclusion of the show. Check it out in podcast form. They're all there for you from uh, Dave's show in the morning to us in the afternoon. And we appreciate those of you that check us out and all our work there on khtk.com. We're in action tomorrow for the Kings and the Suns. We'll have a game night at 530 uh, then the uh, pregame at 6.30, tip-off at 7. G-Man will have the call of the Kings and the Suns. All right, World Series. They are underway, and uh, we've got a development. Yes, the Braves strike first as they scored in the first inning. Lead-off home run by Soler, who's uh, the DH tonight. And then they added more. Albies got on on an infield hit. Then a Riley double, and so it's 2-0 Atlanta with Charlie Morton on the mound in the bottom of the first. Can I change my prediction to Braves in four? Uh, only if you say Braves in three. Okay. No. <laughs> Braves in four? You can. You can. And you can. The series is over. <laughs> it's over. Before the Astros even came up to bat. I think the Astros are going to be tied before the inning is over. How about that? Uh, it is 2-0 Atlanta, though Morton is a really good pitcher, former Astro, too. There's a few storylines here. I think that'll be of interest to those. Uh, by the way, you can go to cagedk.com right now and uh, take our daily over-under question, which the over-under today for a chance to uh, qualify for a $50 gift card to Twin Peaks. You just pick the over or under. We have wins in the World Series by the Astros, 3.5. So basically... If you pick the under, you think the Braves are winning the series. If you pick the over, it's an Astro win in the World Series, which was asked today to Commissioner Rob Manfred. Uh, that wasn't a, a formal press conference. That was like an on-field, hey, media's here, ask me some questions. Uh, didn't look like a shining moment for the commission. It, it kind of just looked like he's just like, eh. I'm just going to go out and say whatever. Yeah, and you know we once called. What, yeah, he's the one that called the championship just a piece of metal, <laughs> right? <laughs> Did you forget that I one? Forgot. Yeah, I think it was after the Astros won it. It was after the Astros. Yeah, won. and he was asked if the Astros were doing. What would that mean? It, I believe it was when someone said, "Should they give up the the trophy?" trophy. Yeah, it was just a piece of metal. <laughs> well, factually, sure. Yes, you are not wrong in that. <laughs> if you, it seems like. Major League Baseball got a person that isn't a fan of yes. baseball to be their commissioner. Or uh, an SNL character. Like, let's create something where we go over the top on on something here. Uh, but he was asked, what would it, what would people think? And I think it was an honest answer, but it was a little bit, well, those who... I don't even know what, I remember how he, he worded it, but it was along the lines of, 
people will think what they want to think about them if they win it or something like that. And so um, the other part that's come out about baseball at this point, you have it? Uh, the quote was, people can make up their own minds about what it means. Okay, again, not dishonest. It's and just... here's the problem. He's 100% right. Yes. People will make up their own decision on if they're cheaters or if they're not. Right. Because Major League Baseball gave them a slap on the wrist yeah. for cheating. Yeah. And then the one, like, out of all this, like, A.J. Hinch lost his job. Um, from the team kind of made that happen. They had others internally lose their job. But, you know, they go on. They get the World Series. The players are all fine. The people that are actually if there's guilt there that are benefiting from this. And the idea was players would get immunity if they were truthful. Right. Well, they weren't uh, publicly at least. Yeah. If I don't want to say names, but if a player came out and said, if it was like this player said, this is what happened and this is how they cheated. Yeah. We are not going to give him a punishment because we gave them immunity to be truthful so we could get to the bottom of it. Well, okay, but that's not what happened at all. (laughs) Right. Right. So, um, yeah, Rob Manfred uh, also is going to be dealing with something, Chris. Almost everybody is pointing to this offseason and a work stoppage, which is not what the sport needs. Uh, baseball is sliding backwards in, in the popularity, right? Football is just still top of mind for most everybody. Basketball has really been flourishing. And here's baseball that was America's pastime. It was baseball. It was the favorite sport of everybody at one point. Well, we're now talking years ago. I mean, year. We're we're. It's not like hey, three to five years ago. No, it's been sliding for years. Would you say it's been decades? I'd say it's been decades. And there's still. And even Rob Manfred said it in one of those clips you showed me. It, it is regional. He's right. Like there's. I'm sure it's crazy in Houston. I'm sure it's crazy in Atlanta. But the Super Bowl is gav- gathers everybody. He specifically says we do not promote this game nationally. He did say that as a defense of the Atlanta Braves fans continuing to do the tomahawk chop. Yeah. So basically, we know, meaning the baseball and the commissioner's office, that they have done their due diligence with asking Native Americans in Atlanta if they're good with the tomahawk chop. And since they've done that, we're hands off. And from the and, looks of it, they haven't done that. Right, but. right. And you watch the game; they're going to do it, and that's it's in the, yeah, it's in the stadium. It's it's very prevalent. It'll happen in games three and four if there's more. Um, yeah, uh, but the last thing you want to see is a stoppage. I would like to. Do you know the history of the tomahawk chop? Do you know where it came from? How it got started? I, why teams do it? I know which teams. Well, not all the teams. I believe I know which teams do it, but I do not know the history of where it the big teams it. are. Florida State. Yep. In Kansas the, City, Chiefs. Yeah. yeah. I feel like they do it the least. Am I wrong on but that? But they still do it. Yes. Uh, it started at Florida State. Right. And it was started by a group of frat people in the 80s as just like, hey, let's get them fired up by doing this racist gesture. So it's a weird thing to defend other teams to say like, hey, well, we're not going to police it. It's just like. From the 80s. It doesn't need to exist. Yeah. This isn't paying homage to anybody. Yeah. This is just a bad... And <laughs> groups of Native Americans say, like, don't do this. We find it offensive. This is racist. Please stop. And people are fighting against that. Yeah. Just be be nice, everybody. Right. Exactly. That's the key. Be nice. Be good people. Um, the other thing I'm thinking about this World Series, you know, as much as I said... 
who's into Houston, who's into Atlanta. Forget all that even. Who's the star of this series? Like baseball, we we keep saying they need to promote their stars, promote their stars. Who? Who are we rooting for in the World Series? I mentioned Dusty, Dusty Baker. Baker. <laughs> but, I mean, there are good players. There are all-stars here. But, you know, I think if baseball right now, for example, Chris, if Shohei Otani was in this, if uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. was in this, Tatis was in this, there are plenty of good players. I think the best one is if, hurt. If Joe Kelly was in this. <laughs> Acuna would be the one that a lot of people think is one of the great young players in the league, and he tore his knee earlier in the year. He would be in this. I think there would be a lot more attention even just on him. Freddie Freeman's a great player. is very good. Altuve's had an amazing career. Bregman. But I just don't know like who is the, the one that carries the water for this series. It would have been Altuve if the cheating scandal didn't. Happen. Yeah, they kind of feel I – mean, he's still tremendous. He's so good, but I feel like everybody – soured on him and understandably so even with the oh the jersey and the the stories that he was saying about that and just eh. come on dude yeah be up front we would have moved on by now and some people won't if the astros win this in four five six or seven if they end with a parade if this ends in their hands there's going to be it's it's not like they're going to think that's the problem here's where the disconnect is i believe the astros will say see we're great we told you, and there's too many people that say, no, you guys cheated again in some way, shape, or form. And I just don't think they're going to feel like it's validation, and I don't think a lot of people will. I just don't think a lot of people will. Oh, talk to an A's fan. Right. Um, so it's Atlanta 2, Houston nothing, good players in the Braves, good players in the Astros, but a little bit of the issue of let's go to, uh, you know, I don't think a lot of people in the NBA expected it to be the Phoenix Suns and Milwaukee Bucks last year. But in the end, here's Giannis. The storyline of Chris Paul, Devin Booker. I mean, just this great young star. We're learning more about Middleton and uh, even Holiday. It just, I don't know if baseball has done their job on this. The Super Bowl, the Super Bowl Brady versus Mahomes. Oh, man. Can't get any young bigger versus than that. old. Yeah. I mean, just the two high-profile positions and... Young versus old, like the goat versus the future goat. Like, that's what everybody was saying. It's like, man. And accurate or not, it doesn't even matter. You just get that storyline out there. And right now, who knows what the storyline here is for this one. You got Atlanta 2, Houston nothing. Uh, but bases are loaded for the Astros, who have the best postseason offense, who had one of the best regular season offenses. And uh, Charlie Morton's been a really good postseason pitcher over the last couple of years for many different teams. Uh, this is an early trip to the mound already for this one in this game may maybe going a while at this rate if Houston continues to threaten for more runs and certainly Atlanta already getting off to a two nothing start some other news in baseball today or at least over the last couple of days looks like the Padres have uh, reportedly talked to Ozzie Guillen about their managerial position I still love the idea and the thought of somehow San Diego looking at Boach he coached there managed there before of course had the great run with the Giants, and it just seems like a, a ready-made team that Boach could could handle very well in San Diego, if he wants to, if that's something he wants to do again. So we'll see. All right, still to come, we've got the crossover. We'll keep you updated on what's going on here in the World Series and the rest of the night in the NBA before we get you to Kings and uh, the Suns tomorrow. Uh, much more to get to in our final segment right here on Sports 1140 KHDK.
All right, back here on Sports 1140 KHTK. Final segment, crossover coming your way in just a moment. Uh, by the way, Houston did get out, or excuse me, Atlanta got out of that jam. They had bases loaded and two out, did not allow a run. Wrong again, Jason. Yep, so your uh, Braves in four, still alive. Did you officially switch to four? No. Okay. <laughs> just Braves. I want, to see, I want to see you be brave. No, I can't do it. Okay. Uh, Atlanta leads 2 nothing. They had a solo home run and then added a run on a double by Riley in the first. Game has moved on to the second inning in Game 1 of the World Series. Uh, Kings will be in action tomorrow when they take on uh, the Phoenix Suns. And uh, this week, also a good week of the NFL, starting Thursday uh, right here on KHDK. I'm look, really looking forward to that game with the Cardinals and the Packers. Now, the news we told you earlier today uh, in First Things First it looks like Alan Lazard is out. He has been put on the COVID-19 list. We still don't know whether or not he tested positive or if this is a kind of a situation because of contact tracing being so close to Devontae Adams. But we do know, as it's been reported, that Alan Lazard uh, did not get vaccinated. So by rule, he has to sit out five days. That means he will definitely miss um, Week 8's game, which is Thursday uh, the Packers, and the Cardinals. Some other good games this week. Uh, just two teams on by, the Raiders and the Ravens. And the Raiders, they're going to watch other teams try to figure it out while they stay in first in the the West. Well, it's an imperative w- time for the 49ers to find a way to get a win in Chicago. Looks like Jimmy G will be the guy uh, r- playing quarterback there. And, and the quote earlier from Kyle Shanahan that we played about uh, from Sunday was, yeah, I guess so. He'll be our quarterback. That was more of uh, probably an immediate reaction, also in context, evaluating the health of other players, mainly Trey Lance. So uh, that Lance injury certainly seems to be more of a big deal than originally thought. But also, I think the 49ers are still in a position where even a win this week against the Bears gets them back in a better position, gets them to 3-4. and four, And then I think the two weeks after that are going to decide whether or not they're going to be in this or not. Because the next two weeks after that, it's the Cardinals – and the Rams again. So that's either going to propel them right back into the mix, or we could see a team that's looking at six or seven losses, and if that's the case, then I think we might see a shift to Trey Lance at that point. But I think the Niners are still there, despite his worst game, as what Coach Shanahan said, Garoppolo will stay the starter and I think he's going to stay that until either that point of another injury for him or they feel like the season is completely a wash. And they're not there yet, though it's going down that road with four consecutive losses. Some other games this week in the NFL that I think will have some intrigue uh, certainly will be, um, we mentioned the Raiders not playing, but I think the other game that we saw that I wanted to highlight here, let me see which one it was. Um, I think there's some intrigue, certainly with the Titans and the Colts, because the Titans have been so good uh, the last couple of weeks, and now that they're 5-2, and two, the Colts are the only other team that can win that division just because of the way it's made up with the Jags and the Texans. So there'll be some interest uh, with that one. And then the Saints are so up and down, but they're also 4-2 and two still. Bucks are 6-1. and one. I think that one has some intrigue on a Sunday afternoon. All right, it is a crossover time. So let's see what we got from the morning show. What's happening on the Carmichael Dave Show? Let's find out right now with the crossover. Here's today's crossover. A 
Jason Ross, it is game one of the World Series tonight. I don't know if you're like me, but I started reminiscing about the Dodgers World Series from last year. Watched a few YouTube clips of Kurt Gibson in 88. So my question to you is, since you were around for all 27 of your New York Yankees World Series titles, which Yankees World Series team is your favorite? Ah, great question, Jay Mars. Um, All 27. Well, Whitey Ford didn't do much for me. Neither did uh, Joe DiMaggio. No, for me, it's uh, it's as much as I loved Gehrig, as much as I loved the Yankees in the early two thousands. Should uh, I be doing something? Yeah, maybe. Um, as much as I loved the Yankees in the early two thousands, it was the eighties uh, Yankees, late seventies, early eighties, with Greg Nettles, my cousin. I loved it. I mean, that's that was when I was young, very young, but growing up watching this team, loving the Yankees. Uh, enjoyed watching him play. I don't know if I would like that team present day, you know, with Billy Martin, Reggie Jackson. Um, but you're a kid. You, that's the team, you know, you, all you know is his family's on the Yankees. Here's third baseman. I wanted to be third base for the Yankees. And Greg Nettles was a big part of that. It's some series with the Dodgers where he was amazing defensively. Um, but that's a weird misfit group that they had together. If you want to learn how insane Billy Martin was, do yourself a favor, go to the dollop and check out their two-part episode on Billy Martin. It is absolutely nuts. You were telling me just parts of it. I it, think I played a couple of You did, and I, for you. I already knew some, but not to, like, it's insane. Absolutely insane. If you want to, what, people talk about like, oh, athletes today, they don't do it the right way like the athletes before. You learn stories about professional athletes, 60s, 70s, 80s. If they were around during the Twitter age, oh. like it, they, I don't know how sports leagues would exist. Well, and even managers then or coaches then. Like now it's – he's got to be able to communicate with the entire team. It's such a different mindset, philosophy, organizational view than, you know – what a manager was in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. It's just completely different. There's a story about Billy Matt Martin when he was a manager for the for the Yankees. Everybody absolutely hated him. Reggie Jackson, the team didn't hate him, but uh, uh, the front office hated him. Reggie Jackson hated him because Billy Martin hated him. And so the front office is like, all right, we got to fire Billy Martin. And Reggie Jackson said, no. Because everyone's going to blame me for him getting fired. <laughs> Reggie Jackson want, did not want him as his manager, but said, do not fire him because they will blame me for it. Which is something interesting because obviously that must have gone out enough that people knew Reggie didn't like him. Not like Twitter, like you said, but then he knew, hey, it will get written about me being the, the reason for this. So still getting there in a much slower time, right, through print than uh, through Twitter in the in the present day, but um, yeah, it would be the Yankees of the late uh, late seventies, early uh, early eighties for me. All right, before we get out of here, another update: the Braves have tacked on and they're threatening for more. A three nothing Atlanta lead. That's the top of the second game, one of the World Series. Braves have two runners on on first and second. All right, that's it for us today. Thanks again to Luke Walton, coach of the Kings, for joining us. Also, Tim Kempton, uh, Suns radio analyst. We are back tomorrow. 
Golf hour tomorrow as well from 2 to 3. And then we're back starting at 3 o'clock until 5.30 tomorrow before Kings basketball. Until then, have a great rest of your night right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. See ya!